0: Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Guys, remember Lane, you spoke to us, but not compromising on the things that you've been called to do before God. And then I did, mind your P's and Q's. Do you remember the P's? Guys, I'm testing whether we are communicating effectively or not. <laughs> I did... Pleasure, promotion, protection, prosperity, and prophetic, that, that last week. And that ended us up in Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 6. Quick recap, Daniel written 605 BC. I call Daniel the prophet in the palace. He calls himself uh, that he was in the citadel on the day of the Lord, standing, almost watching. So explain to you guys that these guys were taken and they were robbed of their future. Completely, and they were placed in a new culture, and they had to find a way to live without compromise and influence the culture of the day, which is so relevant for us today, because if you look at society around you, it wants a piece of you. If you didn't know this, shock horror, society wants to change you and conform you, control you, and change you into what they think you should be. We were reminded this past week that you have a plan for your life, but everybody else around you also have a plan for your life. You just have to have grown up in a house where parents had a plan for your life to know that people have a plan for your life. And if you don't live up to that thing, they nail you quite quickly. But in the face of God's plan for your life, everything else fades. So I want to open with this thing. You open your Bible in Daniel 7 and 8. We're We're going to park there for a while this morning. It's some observations I'm going to make from that. It is a challenging part of Daniel because it starts with his dreams and his visions. As a, as a preacher or a teacher, or a, you really don't want to spend time there. Because it just seems to stir everybody up. You, you read Daniel and everyone has an opinion. No, 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 no. I think this is what is meant by the beast. No, 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 no. The ram is this. The goat is this. Ah, oh, but what about the winds? It, it just, it, it, it's really not the favorite part. So I'm asking you to extend grace to me today. All right. Um, you had your chance to let me know that there was a spelling mistake. That was your moment to speak the rest of the time. Just, just listen. But in Numbers 12 verse 6, it says, okay, let me give you a backdrop. What happens here is Moses and uh, Aaron and, and Miriam goes and says, why are you only finding counsel from Moses? Do we not hear the voice of God also? And you know what happens is eventually Miriam ends up being leprous. Because God is not, not chaff. But listen to what God speaks to them. It says that he spoke to them. He says, hear my words. If there is among you a prophet, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision, and I speak with him in a dream. So I want to say a quick way for you to establish the prophets in the Old Testament is where their dreams and visions as much as they could say, I've heard the voice of the Lord. It's how God defines it. And he says, but to my friend, Moses, I speak like a man and my form and my shape is not hidden from him. So when you look at the book of Daniel, you don't have to wonder whether Daniel was a prophet because God's factors that determine whether you are a prophet is evident in the next ensuing parts of Daniel he had dreams and he had visions everybody okay with Daniel being called a prophet Daniel's a prophet he's also apparently good-looking healthy and very very wise so let's go to Daniel 7 are you there thank you so much I want you to read the first verse with me. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in bed. Then he wrote down the dream and he told the sum of the matter. And it goes on verse 2, Daniel declared, I saw this. Quickly page to the last verse, verse 28. And here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me. And my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. The entire chapter and the dreams that Daniel has, he puts first to say that I, it was a dream that I saw in God and that I experienced in him. And then in the end, he, he, he says, I will keep this to myself, even though it's very disturbing. I don't know if it's just me, but I love to talk about things that disturb me. I love to have an opinion about our politics at the moment. I love to have an opinion about the the students that went on on rampage and on on strike. I love to have an opinion about people that don't please me. Daniel did not find what was written here pleasing. It disturbed him, but he put a lid on it. Can we as a people maybe put a lid on it (laughs) when we have disturbing news? And not distribute it as quickly, and spread it as as fervently as we do. Just a little bit of a call to order. But what happens in Daniel seven? It's a it's called the visions of the beasts. And and when you look at at the the thing, there are symbols and stuff in the old olden days. That was used, I thought, how do I, how do I explain this to you guys? You know that at the moment, when, when you get a, a message and somebody is types LOL, shorthand, I think it means lots of love. Love out loud? Love out loud? Okay, well, I, I kind of have an idea. I know that BTW means by the way. I didn't know that PTL is, is, is a Christian one. Do you guys know what that means? Uh, oh, I thought I'm going to teach you something. Somebody sent me a message with PTL and I thought, I don't know what this is, but it means praise the Lord. So what our shorthand is to us today, when we talk to each other and we message, back in the day, they used symbols and, and images and things. So when you read this thing, this book of Daniel, not everything is for us to interpret through what we have now gained after millennia of, of learnings. Sometimes a goat was just a goat. That's the reality. You know that each tribe had a different stone in in Israel. But also every kingdom had something on a banner that they would raise. The lion represented, um, in, in, in this context, the Babylonians. Alexander's son was called Alexander. He was called Alexander the Great. He calls his son Alexander the Goat. Guess what animal represented them? The goat. So now, when you read this, and we'll get to chapter 8, when it says the goat came rushing, they would have known it was the Greeks. They're coming with a banner that has the picture of a goat. We don't have to say, Yeah, you know, when you look in the eyes of a goat, it never looks at you. The black parts, the pupils of the eyes, they're always looking sideways. That's the devil. No, it's just a goat. It's an ugly animal. That's just what it is. All right. So that was their type of shorthand in the day. He sees the beasts. Let me me give you what the common understanding was. Uh, Water or sea would have been a mass of people. That would have been understood. Then something with wings would have been rapid or quick or fast or something. The more wings, the... The faster. So the first beast he sees is a lion with wings. It comes out of, it was a quick rising kingdom. And we know that's what happened. The wings are broken off. The expansion stopped. Then afterwards there came something like a leopard and it had four wings. What do you think that meant? That kingdom represented by the leopard just came in much faster. And we now have the luxury of looking at history and we see that it really happened. Some of the kingdoms came, some were manipulative, some just came and took them by complete surprise and wiped them out and they had, they had the ones described with four wings. Then some of them are described with having teeth of metal and claws of metal that, that rampaged and killed and destroyed and crushed under its feet. The nation was known as a bear and it was exceedingly cruel. Now, we as a people love to spend time interpreting the dreams. But it's so good because in in chapter 7, he starts by recording this thing in the shorthand of the day. And guess what? The latter part of the the chapter, what we call chapter 7, he gives the interpretation. He says, this is what it means. You go and type into Google Daniel's vision of the four beasts. And you will get scroll. After scroll, after scroll, after scroll of people's opinions about what it means for us today. I would say there's some apocalyptic sense in in the book of Daniel of what's to come. But guys, some of it was just for Daniel to know what's going to happen in the preceding months and years. Not everything we read there is for us to interpret and apply necessarily to horror and dread, a beast with claws is coming. Can we get away from over-interpreting and over-applying certain things? Observation one, from everything I've said now, is God wants us to understand things, Dream. He is so faithful to Daniel. He says, here's the dream. Here's the interpretation. If you feel like I've got this dream that I've dreamt that I think is from God in my life, he wants to give you understanding. He's not a cruel God who wants you to walk around guessing. Well, maybe the horse meant I'm going to get a Ferrari. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. He wants to bring an understanding. Stop walking. Get on a horse. And ride faster than you are walking at the moment. I've got things here to do. I don't know. I'm just interpreting. In, interpreting. It, it's not relevant. The second thing that I felt. that we be learned from, from this chapter. In chapter 1, Daniel is confronted with having to see God for the dream of another. In chapter one, he is confronted with having to petition God on behalf of another. He gets this dream that there are going to be four kingdoms,. Da, 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 da. God gives him the same dream in chapter seven. It, it, it is not different. This kingdom is going to be, this kingdom is going to be, this kingdom is going to be, this is going to be. Sometimes, God just wants us to support somebody else's dream. But we don't want to hear that. Because we all want to be little gods on the thrones of our own lives. I want my own dream, God. But I want you to be part of this dream. I want my own dream. Sometimes God just wants us to be the encouragement, the support the shoulder, the participant in somebody else's dream. Third thing that we learn from this. Sometimes God needs to remind us. (laughs) Because he gives Daniel the king's, he shows Daniel the king's dream. He gives him the same dream, the same interpretation. Twice. Twice. May I venture that possibly Daniel was also flawed like you and I? That just because he got the interpretation and the dream of the king's dream initially didn't mean God didn't have to remind him again about the dream. And like you do with your child when you say, your room is dirty. Walk past, go past again. Your room is dirty. Your room is dirty. It's got very little to do with the dirty room. It's more to do with the obedience of the child. Sometimes God reminds us about dreams because he's working on us, on our hearts. And possibly he was working on Daniel's heart. If you think about it, if, okay, if I think about it, I've been taken by a kingdom and I've been robbed of everything. My legacy, my future, my, my people. And God comes to me and says, this is what's going to happen to the person who did this to you. You know what I would do? I would say, make it so, Lord. May it happen exceedingly quickly. And may they, their wings be broken off physically. I think Daniel might have had those moments. What dream is God reminding you about over and over and over? And you kind of want to say, okay, I get it. And he's saying, you know what? Hear it once more. What is he trying to establish in your life? Just the physical recollection of what you dreamt. I beg to differ. His love for you is far greater than that. He wants to establish his character in you. That was observation number four. Observation number five. God brings dreams for insight, not always for action. Because again, I might be wrong. Daniel might have been a perfect person. Sincerely, that, that just wept for the king that he was serving. Or he might have been what I've just depicted to you guys. Let me not shape your ideas of Daniel. But he might not have been as, as perfect as we thought. Or when we think about him. But if, if I was in Daniel's place. And I knew that God was going to destroy this menace of a person. That destroyed everything that I hold dear. And I was given a position of prominence, of influence. You know what I would have done? I would have, in every possible way, used my influence and my strength to speed up that person's (laughs) distraction. I'm I'm not saying I'm an overly bad person. I'm just saying, to be quite honest with you guys, I, I, I don't know if I would have stood the test like Daniel did. He's given the same dream over and over. And God doesn't want him to have action in that. Just insight. Why do you think God would give you revelation if he doesn't want you to take action? Because there is a need for you to pray and beseech God with everything in you. You know, if that evil king just stuck it out with the revelation that he had that everybody will serve the king of Daniel because his dominion never ends and his kingdom shall not fail. If he just stuck on that thing. Can you imagine what history would have looked like? Can you imagine if we talk a little bit less about our opinions and just spent a bit more time praying? If we, we, friend comes and says, I've got this dream in God, and you say, okay, well, what you need to do is this, 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 and this, and can I help you with point A and B? You know what we do sometimes? We short-circuit what God wants to achieve in building character so that he can trust with greater. He's building character in Daniel. Daniel couldn't take action. He was trying to build character in the king. Just an observation about it. Some dreams are given because God needs to warn people. Some dreams are given because He needs to establish us in something. Some dream, dreams are given because He needs to strengthen us for reality. Dreams are, according to the English dictionary, something that, that happens here while I'm asleep. Or it's something that I dream of, far off. Ah, I, I dream of, of a horse on a car. I think Daniel had both. Chapter 8. Another interesting one. Verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after that which appeared to me at the first. And he goes on and says what the vision is. Skip over a couple of verses. Last verse, 27. And I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. Then I rose and went about the king's business. But I was appalled by the vision and did not understand it. This is the one about the ram and the goat. Ram with two horns, a lovely, healthy, fat ram, but a bully and a thug. Goes and does whatever he pleases, pushes everybody about that he doesn't like. And all of a sudden, this goat comes running towards him with one horn and he doesn't touch the ground. He is quick. <laughs> what is this? It's a goat. That's what he saw. But it represented Greece. And it happened. This vision that he saw. Again, he says, he packages it and I saw this, and then I didn't know what to do with this. I was sick. I felt bad, but I had to carry on life. Some of us want to park off. And say, "I'm overwhelmed. God, this vision that you have given us—it's just too big. I'm out." You want to measure your vision against what God told Daniel—the destruction of, shall I say, millions of people? That an exaggeration? Maybe it is. Maybe hundreds of thousands killed in the wars. I would say, again, if I was Daniel, I would be overwhelmed <laughs> to the point of not even waking up. Lord, I'm just going to lie here and sleep in my depression. That's it. We, we can't be a people of vision and then say, oh, Lord, we are overwhelmed. He's not going to give us a small vision. I have some questions for us from this. For us as a church, if that's okay. I know I'm taking a bit of latitude here and I'm making some inferences and taking points from it. That possibly is is taking a bit of latitude. But allow me this. Because God wants us to be a prophetic people. Which means he wants to give us dreams. And he wants to give us vision. That's why he says in Joel, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And girls will prophesy and old people will dream and young people will have visions and young people will have dreams and old people will have visions and, and boys and girls will prophesy no matter what the gender. They, like, that's how God is. He wants us as a people to be a people of prophetic nature. So he's going to start revealing to us certain dreams. Certain dreams are going to be things that, that are just for us to pray for. That will happen. Certain things will be that he has called you to and he's made alive in your heart. Certain things will be that he has made alive in the heart of the elders for this church. But are you a person that can say, Lord, trust me with dreams and with visions? Can you be trusted to the point where you say nothing? If that's what you need to do. Or are you bit exceedingly verbose when it comes to to these things? Does it just blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, there you go? You know what also happened here. The vision he gave Daniel was to keep Daniel going. For for Daniel, you know that this is possibly. What we read now is not for us for now. It was just for Daniel for that time. But when we look at that thing, it gives us hope because he will give us clarity when we need it. Can you put yourself in the shoes of Daniel and think, Lord, just what is going to happen? And he says to you, this is going to happen. Stay the course, my boy. Because vision brings clarity. Vision paints a picture of a different future. I first wrote preferred future, but then I thought, that's not entirely true. Because my preferred future is not always God's best future for me. And vision is sometimes given just to encourage someone to keep doing what they're doing, or to spark something in someone to do something that God has called them to. A couple of questions in wrapping up. Do you know what dreams God has called you to? in supporting and not doing anything else? Do you have friends that have shared their dreams with you and you are just there to support them in prayer and be there when they need you? Encourage them. Next question is, do you know what dreams God has birthed in you that you're supposed to be part of? Okay, I get some nods. Have you shared it with anyone? What dreams are God birthing in you? What dream have you been sitting on thinking, I wish I could start a tea station here at Limbra? Hey. What dreams is he placing in your heart for us as a people? Now the question, do you know what the vision for Limbro is? Like this is really a practical one. Do you know? I need to see yes or no. You know? Because we need to know whether we're communicating effectively or not. To know Jesus, be known by him, make him known. And our mandate being his love reaching our communities. Do you know this? Last question. Can you as a person support somebody else's vision? Or do you pull out when it's not your vision? May we be a people of dreams and vision. Constantly see God in all things. That. Is my best take on seven and eight without getting stuck in the interpretation of what goats and beasts with claws mean. I hope that I've spoken to your heart. I hope I've given you some questions to go and pursue communication with God about. I hope you will go in this week and say to God, God, these questions, won't you give me clarity? Won't you give me understanding? Won't you inspire me? Won't you help me position my heart correctly so that it can receive more and give vent to more of you? Is that all right? Let's stand. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we can sit around your word and you can speak to us literally, figuratively, Father. But may it always be birthed by your spirit in our spirits, Lord. May it become alive in our hearts, Lord. May every conviction that we walk as a people be birthed in you, Holy Spirit, and not in ourselves. We seek your wisdom, your understanding, your clarity on everything, Father. That we may be a people that give vent to the dreams that you dream for us as a people and individuals. And may we be a people that bring strength and momentum and encouragement to the vision that you have called us to for this time and this place. Despite hard circumstances. May we be that people. Father, I pray that you fill us with courage from on high. Everyone here. Every family represented here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now the service is officially over. You can just stand for a little bit. Just a little bit. We've had some contributions this morning during worship. That I think was quite meaningful. If you need to get onto the tablet, you can't even call yourself an app at this point. Because <laughs> you don't know who Jesus is and what we are talking about. Then we, we, we want to talk to you about that. Does that make sense? Maybe you are that application that needs a bit of connectedness to the Wi-Fi and download the update. And we also want to pray for you if that's, that's what God wants to do today. If you are still stuck in that place thinking, I've lost a limb, I cannot appear in the presence of the king that is worthy. We want to pray with you this morning. So there will be a ministry team here in the front. And you can come to the front and we'll pray for you. The rest of you, you are welcome to go and have coffee. Best cup of coffee this side of Cape Town. Who's on duty today? The one lists us. You are on the spot, my brother. Other than that, have a wonderful week in God. Thanks.